0: Hey, Baker, welcome to Business is Sweet. It's easy to fall in love with the sweet art of baking. It's a bit harder to take the right steps to create a successful business around your baking, but the business side of baking is also pretty sweet. I believe that you can be paid well for your creativity, build a successful baking business from home, and enjoy the work you get to do. And in fact, I don't just believe it, I know it because I've done it. I'm your host, Brett, a self taught home based baker myself, who's built a thriving business making a full time income as a wedding cake designer, all from home while raising my two little kiddos. And I'm here to show you how to do it too. Welcome to the show. Hey there, it's Brett. I'm really excited because today on the show we have our first ever guest joining us, Mark Josephson of Cast Iron. He is the CEO and he is an incredible resource that you guys need to listen to. He talks to thousands of bakers, home-based bakers, daily, and he is seeing what's working, what's not working, and his company, Cast Iron, is looking to make the process of success as a home-based bakery as easy as possible cast iron is this amazing online resource where you can build an online shop you can run all your marketing you can do all your customer service through it it's really quite incredible what they've built and i've really enjoyed working with their team to fine-tune this resource even more what i love is what you get when you join with them you can join for free and you get this whole team. It's not like a robot on the other side where you're like, oh, I have a question, and it's like this chat box. You can actually talk with people and they'll help you set up your shop, integrate it into your website, and they're just consistently improving it. I've really enjoyed just the resources they provided and loved having this chat with Mark about how to create professionalism and security and ease in your business and how to just take it to the next level and really just up your business game. That's what they're trying to do and just had a great time talking to him about this. He's this wealth of information with all the companies he's built and what he's doing right now for food entrepreneurs. I hope you enjoy it. Let's take a listen. Mark, it's so good to have you here on Business is Sweet. Thank you so much for being here.
1: You're welcome. Thank you for having me, Brett. It's great to see you.
0: Yeah, it's so good to see you. So Mark is this awesome CEO of Cast Iron, and he's coming today bringing just this wealth of knowledge about running a business as well as just how to like push past some barriers, how to be professional, how to have security in your business, lots of big topics that are really important to our bakers. And we want to hear first, before we dive into all that, we need to know a little bit more about you, Mark, because you've done a lot of cool stuff. And I'm really actually curious to know about your own backstory and how you came to kind of enter on to the food entrepreneurship space, where you came from, how you got here, and then sure. into talking about these deep topics that our bakers are interested well, in. There's,
1: I love talking about myself, but I love talking about um, bakers more. But um, the, the abridged version is I'm the, the son of two entrepreneurs um, and been an entrepreneur nice. my whole life. Um, my family business is actually clinical psychology. Uh, um, everyone wow. in my family, but me literally <laughs> is a clinical psychologist. and um, but the but it's it's always I always spent time with my dad talking about how he built the business and the practice and the hard work that went into that. And so I always saw him uh, really as a role model for me and being an entrepreneur. Uh, my professional career, <clears throat> excuse me, is almost thirty years of building technology and software companies. Um, and, uh, I've been lucky enough to be on some really great teams that have done some really cool things and some, some things worked really well. Other things, not so much, but, oh. um, you
0: got to tell uh, us what kind of teams have you been on? What projects and things have you worked on?
1: Sure. So, um, when I tell the story of, of cast iron and how I got here, there's, uh, three important steps in there that help <laughs> tell the story. I think I've had six jobs, um, but three are you know, really good to tell the story. The first was the first startup that I worked on, which is a company called about.com which exists today. It's called Dot Dash. But in 1996, (laughs) I wrote the manifesto for that business um, before, as it was starting. And I went on to be a public company. It sold a couple of times and it exists today, which is pretty cool to think that we built something in 1996 that lasts.
0: Oh yeah, that's amazing.
1: It is a creator platform. We just didn't know it then. So we built a platform to help really talented, passionate people build micro-media businesses. So experts on topics, we had thousands of them all over the world, and we knitted together a big media company around them. But the power of really passionate and talented people and using software to enable creativity Mm. and and professionalism, we were doing that in 1996. So really, really cool.
0: So you've got years of experience behind you in this field.
1: I don't know if, if this is color but it's certainly black and white. Uh, definitely gray. But um, I've, I've also I also ran a company um, that was in hyperlocal in the in business we call it hyperlocal so like main street hyperlocal business. If you're familiar with patch.com, um the hyperlocal media site, um, we built an, a technology company that we sold to AOL and I and I worked really closely with the sales and marketing teams and you know with People all across the country, and there was so much that I learned there. But thinking about and working with our customers were on the business side were small businesses. We're literally mm-hmm. businesses on Main Street, and how hard it is to build a business that size. How crucial it is for the community for those businesses to be successful, mm-hmm. and from my business perspective, how to build a company. That can effectively reach and serve a lot of small, relatively small customers is a challenge and really interesting. Um, and I learned a ton and I came away incredibly uh, uh, energized by solving some of those, trying to solve some of those problems. The the other one before Cast Iron was uh, a company um, called Bitly, which is the link shortening
0: company. Yes, so we all can, know Bitly. We all use Bitly. Can, uh, Everyone uses it, but I don't know everyone knows it.
1: So uh, <laughs> bit.ly was like incredible. It was an incredible experience. I was there for six and a half years, and and our team did some pretty incredible things, and we built that company. And it, it pure software to help marketers be more effective. Mm-hmm. And the scale that we were able to achieve with a relatively small team is really powerful. And so, what can you automate? How can you um, build a self-service product, a product that enables marketers or bakers in this case to feed themselves and do so in a way that's delightful and empowering and solves problems for them. and doesn't feel like they're being left to their own accord. And how do you do that at scale mm-hmm. and build a real business was super challenging and interesting. All that comes together to say, um, I'm, I'm a I'm pretty passionate guy. I, I get really interested and excited about lots of things, um, but There's two things that absolutely fill me with joy. One is talking to entrepreneurs and helping Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs. There's Mm -hmm. like, Brett, I can't, I talk to you all the time and, you know, we're exchanging DMS on Instagram about business, (laughs) right?
0: Got this idea. I've got that idea. We need to chat. Like, yeah. And I
1: tell you, I tell you, I can't get enough of it. It like fills me (laughs) with joy, um, whether it's my business or somebody else's, but I Mm -hmm. love talking to entrepreneurs. And the second thing, and this is sincere, like, I got a problem when it comes to chocolate chip cookies. And like, <laughs> I like, oh, like, I could you it. imagine like starting a company? Yeah, you could actually, where like, I get some of the best cookies and the best cakes and the best hot sauce and the best kombucha and the best, oh, you name it, gosh. like shipped to my house. I put on 20 pounds when I started this company. <laughs> um, and like the, the to be able to combine those two passions sincerely mm-hmm. at this stage of my career and my life um is is I'm pretty lucky I love it
0: I feel like each step in your journey like taught you things and you took things away that just like launched you into the next part and now you're at this part where your passions are combining and it's like it's everything you love it's the entrepreneurship it's the food and you're still helping like you really niche down into these like very small home-based businesses Mm -hmm. that are like A lot of these people aren't looking to really scale to like have storefronts all over the world. It's like the idea is to run it from home successfully. And what you guys have done is built something to help with that automation that you were talking about, that automation and that professionalism. And you've created Cast Iron as this incredibly powerful tool to help those bakers achieve success, even if they're just at home. And even if they're just selling chocolate chip cookies or the kombucha, all these different food products. And it's incredible yeah. what you've done.
1: Well, thank you. Um, we have a ways to go. We are, um, you know, you're the CEO, I'm the CEO. You know, we just wake up every day thinking about all the things that we need to do and all the things that like to grow our business. I'm really proud of what we built. I'm really proud of where we are. We've got really big ambitions. Uh, but I want to say, I want to pu- pick on a word that you said, you said it a couple of times even if they're working from home, even mm. if they're, mm. you know, like I've, this, is a, it sort of rubs me the wrong way yeah. when I think about, when I think about our customers Ooh. and like, look, we have plenty of people on our platform who are is, for whom this is a hobby right? They're not sure. They're thinking about it. They don't quite know how to go from small to something real. Mm-hmm. But the bulk of the people that I've met, you you, you mean for it to work. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it. You know, It's not like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I could sell a cake? <laughs> no, you're like, all right, I have a goal in my life. I've got bills to pay. I've got a family situation. I've got mm-hmm. a career. I've got a life. I've got to think like this thing. And don't call it a side hustle
0: it is don't call the it the main it, well, thing
1: it is the thing yeah and so I like I, I i think um i think there's a tremendous tremendous opportunity for mm. our economy and our culture and our world yes. to help people be more entrepreneurial and to be successful entrepreneurs the world is shifting under our feet jobs are going overseas bots and ai and machine learning and like like real in a real way, yeah. I saw a, a yeah. number: eighty-five million Americans are going to be working for themselves by twenty twenty-seven or twenty twenty-eight, right? And they wow. talk about freelancers and consultants, okay, knowledge workers sitting at their keyboards wherever they want to be, right, mm-hmm. by choice. And then then gig economy where you're at the um, at the beck and call of uh, of Postmates or um, DoorDash or Uber. Mm-hmm. Like that, I don't, I mean, I don't demean that in any way, but it's tough to build a career and a, and a predictable business that way for your family. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I hope, so I said, we, you know, we've done really cool things, but what we really aspire to do is to like light up millions of entrepreneurs and make them successful entrepreneurs, make a million millionaires, um, like through, I don't care where they work, but like. Why are you – like, uh, you're getting me all fired up, but like – No, I like, love
0: it. I love it because right. I – you're totally right. Like, it's not just, oh, well, I'm just a home baker. It's like, no, that's where it is now. And COVID shifted that a little bit. And now we're really seeing, I think, the possibility and the potential that, you know – it's not about getting to a storefront and it's not about it. Entrepreneurship's this big, scary word, I think to some people. And a lot of bakers and food entrepreneurs kind of like shy away from it. They're like, Ooh, that means like investors and like startup capital and all these things. I'm like, no, the home baking, that's where it is. Like you get to run it. You get to make the show happen. Like that's where it is.
1: You're the boss and you can have a real business. You can make real money. Yeah. I mean, I oh, yeah. we see we've seen thousands of people come through our platform. I know how much they're making on a monthly basis and they're paying their bills and then some, yes the best. I love and that. It, I love that you're seeing that. Yeah. I, I mean, it, 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 look, I'm a business too. I need, I need my customers to make money. I need them to be mm-hmm. successful. And so, um, I'm not a baker. I'm a technology entrepreneur. Right. And I think that when you, what, what, I want to be able to do is how do you leverage technology to Mm. enable and empower creativity, productivity, passion, and success? Like, Mm. you know, do I need to teach you to be a great marketer? Maybe. But what if, like, how can technology really do things for you Mm. that make your life easier and let you do the things you're amazing at and really, like, lean into that?
0: So I love with Cast Iron. what you guys have done is, is created a tool that does those things for people that really like helps people be able to step in very low risk into the space. Yeah. You don't have to go and invest in a huge website. Tell us what, more about what Cast Iron is and what it does because we need to know about this so we can have a talk about, about these links between how the tools that you're making actually catapult people forward in their businesses and take so much of a load off for them. They, they're able to show up more professional with their customers. They're able to have this sense of like security in their businesses that transactions are happening and being processed and there's contracts in place and yeah it's just easy. It makes life so much easier, which is what every home baker is looking for is an easier life because heck yes. you have to wear every single hat. So tell us what cast iron is and how it achieves some of those things. Let's talk about that.
1: All right. Well, I'll try. Um, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you're doing I mean, we've only job. got like 20
0: minutes. We could talk about this for I, 10 hours, right? No,
1: and I want to, the last thing I want to talk about is cast iron because I want to talk about about, our, about these incredible people and what they're doing and how, yeah. how we can help them. But so I'll do, I'll do it quickly. So Cast Iron is a food business management platform, right? It's a food business management platform that does everything you need to start run, and grow a home bakery, or a home based or independent food business. It has a couple of components. It's got a food spe- Everything we do is about food and baking. So when you show up at Cast Iron, and you create a product, a template, a website, whatever, we've already we already know you're in food. So we get to skip like 20 minutes of the, what is this? How is this? What, what, who are you? To, to fast forward you to the easy, simple steps. So you get a website, free website, um, no coding. You don't have to know how to code. You mm. don't need to call your, your nephew or which your neighbor. Huge. Oh, yeah. Man. I mean, it's like, you can be professional without being technical, which is what we strive and what we talk about. Mm. Um, and that comes with like all the dietary and um, food labeling um, on the website. So we ask mm. you what what allergens are in your kitchen. We could spend an hour talk. One of the motivations for me is one of my sons is, uh, has very severe food allergies and lots of them. Mm. So everything's wow. labeled. If you can't read it, you can't eat it, um, <laughs> is, our, is what we say in our house. The second component of a food business management platform is an e-commerce component. So that means we're manage, helping you figure out and understand fulfillment, custom orders, invoicing, contracts. Um, you get to have tips. We launched tips a couple of weeks ago. 8% awesome. on average um, tipping uh, on every order. So take whatever you're doing and add another 8% to it is what we're seeing. Like That's amazing.
0: Because right Bakers right don't get that. It's like I've gotten, I can count, like maybe twice I've gotten a tip. Because a lot of times you show up and you deliver your product and like you, you just don't even see, like when I go to yeah. a wedding or when I go to an event, I drop it off and I don't have a big interaction with people. There's not that opportunity to tip. That's really yeah. cool that you've built that I in for people. Check out.
1: Yeah. And we heard, and it's interesting. Cause it is quick aside. Then I'll come back to the, the food business management platform. But like, do you really want to ask for a tip? You don't really, like sometimes some people do, some people don't, but what we, what our research showed is the customers want to let you know how much they appreciate Mm. what you do Mm. and they they love giving tips and so we're we've seen massive tips on huge orders and especially like if you're doing a corporate order or something Mm. they can get really really big so all that we do credit card processing and apple pay and google pay is part of all of that as well Mm. then we have Um, more business management tools, like calendaring and task management and inventory management. So Mm. you make sure, you know, how many to make and how many to sell and how many you've got.
0: I can't tell you how many bakers will reach out to me and and just ask, like, how do you stay organized? Like, what kind of a system are you using? And it's like, we all kind of create our own. (laughs) And it's a lot of work. There's a lot of like triggers and Pulleys to make sure are all working, so that you don't forget an order, and that actually things are coming through. And I, I love the way that you're able to connect um, bakers with their customers and kind of streamline that process, so that ordering mm-hmm. is so easy for the customer, and it's so easy to track and manage it on the back end. And the other cool thing that I have loved about you and your team, and you said it, that you're researching. That you're putting in so much market research between what's going on with the customer, with the baker. Like, how can we just make this the absolute best experience on both ends? And your team has been incredible as I've been a part of your community. Just seeing the love that you have for your your bakers and your food entrepreneurs and how you're taking their questions and always yeah. making it better. And it's like, I feel like it's a family I feel like I'm not, so many websites, gosh, so I do mine through Wix, I did mine through Wix in the, actually I did mine through Etsy in the beginning, because there wasn't anything like this, and I didn't know how to build a website, so I made an Etsy page, and I was like, okay, if you want to order, go to my Etsy, I got orders from like Colorado, I'm like, oh, sorry I gotta cancel that one, because I'm not (laughs) in Colorado, but it's like, there was no help to get from point A to point B, it was like trying to figure it out on your own. And it was expensive to get it set up. And so when it's like when I need help with whatever other website or platform I'm on, I get their robot, I get their little bot that's like, oh, sorry, I didn't understand your request. But with you guys, you get a real person helping you set up your store, helping you make this work. And I just think you're doing so much to speed up that success journey for bakers and food entrepreneurs. And It's really incredible.
1: Thank you. Uh, uh, We're trying. I mean, look, I'm a, we're a startup business. Like it is really hard. My, you know, and I do have, um, like our customers are CEOs of their business. I'm the CEO of a venture capital backed software company, right? Okay. Woo. Big deal. But I'm talking to other CEOs about the same challenges. Like who is your customer? Who are you building for? How are you going to price that product mm. so that they love it and want to buy more and you make enough money to pay your employees and like build your business and like grow? Um, how do you get the word out? How do you make sure that you're making the right product for the right people and not the right product for the wrong people or the wrong product for the right people? <laughs> like these are, it doesn't matter if you're making wedding cakes or software, the fundamentals are the same. Absolutely. And so yeah. part of that is um, you know, We, we have built, for example, um, like the customer list management, all of your customers live in one place on our product because you need to know who you're selling to and you need to know who to market to today. We just launched some new email marketing products. So in three clicks, you can send a new product announcement out to your email (laughs) list, right? Like it all has to connect together. And then what we're trying to do is build content and community as equal components to the code that we're writing. So I'm always thinking about our investments as a company and, and um, in, in like we're building code, we have more engineers in the company, software engineers than anybody else. They're we're an amazing team of people. And then it's about what content can we create that educates, informs, and what community can, that we have that can like knit that all together so that if you are, like I work from home now, you can see my not clean office. Um, <laughs> but like I'm home alone all day. Right. Like I connect with my teammates. I have my dog who's usually in here with me, Um, but my boys go to school. My wife goes to work and I am home alone. Right. Mm Kind of like my customers. Mm -hmm. And so like, you know, how do you like have coworkers when you are starting a home-based bakery? You don't. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been blown away by the camaraderie and the non-competitive nature Mm -hmm. and how much people want to help each other. Yeah. It's yeah.
0: pretty great so I I love that about the baking world and it's like just I feel like you just don't get that with like we we in the industry we interact in there's like other photographers who show up at events and take pictures and there's other vendors and stuff and as I talk to those people when I go to drop off they're like I can tell I'm like they don't talk to the other photographer or they don't talk to that other and it's something funny in the baking world where I feel like I, I don't know what it is. I think it's the fact that we all want to make the world a little sweeter and we just come yeah. <laughs> we just come with that. I don't know. Yeah. There's well, something about there, food that just connects us, I think.
1: there, There is. There's also, it's interesting, we talk about research. So I talked to hundreds of um, bakers and mm. artisans before I started the company and, you know, asked them all the same questions, roughly. Uh, and one of the questions is like, why do you do this? Like, what's the best part of your job? And without exaggeration, let's say I talked to 500. Mm. Without exaggeration, only one person said the money, which is good and bad. But like, you know, you know, mm. well Mark, I'm doing it for the money. Oh yeah. But the, we but, could get
0: into a but, whole can of worms with that. <laughs> right.
1: But what they said, Brett, was the joy I get when I hand my product to somebody, or they smell it or taste it or see it for the first time. Mm. That doesn't happen with other kinds of products. There's something magical about mm. a beautiful wedding cake. That takes your breath away. And that first bite, like, it doesn't matter if you're making a wedding cake, which is you make incredibly th- amazing things, or I make a turkey sandwich for my son and he's so happy I did it for him, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's so accessible. I don't know if that, what else is there that's legal that is so, <laughs> that is, that is so accessible. Like, literally anybody in the world can create this thing, like, you know, Because it can be cheese and crackers, like just something that you are creating for somebody that can create so much joy. I know food's like a language; it's like it it speaks, and we
0: connect, and it it brings us together. It's just it's so fun to be working in that space. Yeah, I love it. So, I want to talk about professionalism a little bit. You come with this very cool business background. You've worked with so many entrepreneurs, so many CEOs of their own businesses. And being professional with your customers, like being especially when you're working from home, when you're self-employed, often we get very focused on creating the best product that we can. We're very product-driven. Like you just said, it's the joy. It's the joy of creating. It's that energy that we get from it. And sometimes we forget to turn and focus on those other factors that help attract clients to us and that help people to be able to trust our business, like showing up in a professional way, communicating professionally, and building kind of a brand around our business that people can like feel safe with, that helps them to actually trust us with their money. So what things have you seen as you've worked with different CEOs and entrepreneurs how has professionalism helped them and what ways have they been able to build um, professionalism in their brand? Like, I, I hope you're understanding my question and let's just think, like, have I a conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll start with research and numbers. So mm-hmm. roughly 70% of a, uh, let's say a home-based baker's time is spent doing things other than actually baking and creating the product for, for which that. <laughs> got, them in, got you into this business to start with. Right? Yeah. Like I'm really good at this. People love my cakes. I think I'm going to do this fast forward a year and they've got like a wall calendar, post-it notes, contacts in their phone. <laughs> can I just um, show you my room? Like that's yeah, exactly- <laughs> right. That's exactly, well Brett, no, cause now you're doing it with cast iron, right? But mm-hmm. like if yeah. you can, like if technology and software can take that down to 5 or 10%. Mm. And all of a sudden awesome. you get to like show up with a clear more clear mind. I'm actually like a huge proponent of like mm. like how you show up ready to do something. Are you dialed in and tuned in or are you thinking about chasing down that person for the payment that they are ghosting mm. you on, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Like guess what happens to everybody, big and small? Um if you're not worried about like oh, am I charging too much, like, or not enough? Um, like, those are things that like software and data can help help you figure out. But like, anytime in my, there's is, this is my opinion and my experience, anytime, any interaction you're having with somebody that is important to you, whether that is a personal uh, interaction, or a professional interaction, and important, I won't say is like, it's either important or it's not, right? Like, Walking past somebody in the street, you don't have to like go up, look them in the eye, shake their hand, and say, Hey, (laughs) have a great day. But, like, and you need to show up in a way that they're going to have, you're going to be able to engender trust that they are going to say, Here is somebody who I understand what they're trying to do. I understand what they're asking of me. And I can believe them and have some level of trust in this interaction. And Mm -hmm. Um, it's, you know, it's why I've taught my kids at a young age to like shake hands and look somebody in the eye and give them a nice firm handshake, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, you, cause you have to like change your physical demeanor, change mm-hmm. how you presenting yourself and say hello.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. It's no different in business. Yeah. If someone goes to a junky web form or like Google form, that's got 40 questions and flowers all over the place. <laughs> It might not be, it might not be so professional, right? Right. Or even
0: even worse, just like DM me for. DM me
1: to order, (laughs) right? And like, I mean, that's our biggest competition is DM to order. It's so frustrating because I know how hard it is for them on the other side of that. We can make it easier, but like you're a real business. And I think there's probably, we could probably do a whole nother conversation on like, how do you get somebody to feel confident enough in themselves Mm. to say, I'm a real business and maybe that's why this is my psychology family background. It's maybe it's easier to say, Oh, it's just a side hustle. Mm-hmm. Right. Because as soon as you say, I'm doing this for real, then you can fail. And then if you fail, does that, you know, that feels a whole lot worse. It could feel a whole lot worse.
0: Yes. And, and we could have a whole other conversation. Cause I'm one that I don't believe in failure. I don't think it exists because every time you try, even if you didn't hit your mark, you learned and you made progress. And so I just yeah. failure is not a thing. Failure if you don't try, then you fail, right? Yeah.
1: I look. I, yes. Obviously, I'm an entrepreneur and <sighs> and take more risk in my career than most. But <laughs> um, I think that it's very real, like mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, yes. um, fear of the unknown, uh, asking for money is really hard. Like I don't. I don't like. And not everybody are these extroverts like you and me who are dying to get on camera and have podcasts, right? Like (laughs) we love this.
0: It's funny. I call myself, I would call myself an introvert with extroverted tendencies. (laughs)
1: Okay. There you
0: go. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's like people, again, you started because you love to bake, not because you want to like be the face of this brand, not because you want to like, yeah, make all of those big business calls. And yeah, the imposter syndrome just holds us back a lot. And I feel like what, what cast iron can do. And, and, and the general principle is if you can build a brand around your business where people walk up and they see like, it looks nice and it's cohesive and it's simple to follow, then they trust you and you can be more confident as you have those transactions, because there's a different feeling that comes with it. And I, I felt it shift as I grew my business from square one. There was a point where I had Those weird interactions where it was like, well, let me ask my husband, or is there any way you can do it cheaper? Or this girl, you know? And, but as I grew my brand and like really fine tuned my professionalism and the way I spoke to people and the way I showed up with them, that changed. And people that were nitpicky started to drop away. And I was talking to people who could see my value from like the moment we started our interaction, they could understand what was going on.
1: Yeah, it's really striking how impactful it can be to pick a customer and say, this is who I'm building for, Mm. whether building or baking, right? Like, um, if I understand that you're running a business too, and we need to be in partnership together to build something like, I'm going to build the right product for you. Uh, I'm not, you know, you're not going to buy something like I've spent years, like, you know, those pricing pages, Bronze, silver, gold, small, medium, large on websites, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of psychology to that and science behind how you design those plans. And Mm. so that they have to be value for the customer. But, like, some people show up and they're always buying the one to the right. It doesn't matter what it is because they are, like, Mm. you know, I'm not going, I'm not buying this, I'm not, I'm not a junior yeah i'm the senior over here (laughs) right and like i'll take the platinum not the silver or bronze Yeah. and um i think that that there's i don't know there's there's just the the psychology piece is really interesting to me because i I watch my wife go back to work after 17 years of raising our boys and like going back into the workforce is really hard Mm. i watch i mean like i i'm not sure i really appreciate it as a uh, you know, being the person that I am, how hard it is to re-enter the workforce and to be able to like get a job and um, uh, and make that transition. It's really hard, hmm. really hard. Yeah. So if we can do that for our customers, that's pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. Uh, so you have thousands of people who you're interacting with. You're helping them build their food businesses, and I want to know what's maybe. The number one, maybe even number two, what are those top two, top one things that you would say the people having the most success are doing? What, are, what would you classify as that most – like if you can do one thing for your food business – What's that thing? And I feel like I know what I would say. Maybe I'll share mine too. But I want to hear what, because you're in it every day talking to bakers and food entrepreneurs who are doing it. They're literally starting these businesses. They're having success. They're bringing in so much money and so much customers. And I'm curious, what do those people have in common? What's actually getting them from point A to point B? It's interesting.
1: You can kind of tell. We can kind of see when someone comes in, we're like, oh, this is going to be a good one. (laughs) <laughs> like you kind of you kind of know right away. Um, they're all good ones, but like that's gonna do, be like pretty successful. Um, first of all, everybody in the world has a logo, so it's it's funny. There's like you know whoever is like making these logos for bakers and and home cooks and stuff is cleaning up. Maybe we should do that. But like everyone has a, they feel like that's the first thing they need to get our logos. Um, but. Uh, One important thing is that followers on social media does not necessarily mean a big business. Yes.
0: Yes. I can stand behind Um, that a thousand percent. It does
1: not mean, but the right amount of activity and professionalism and engagement on whatever they have on social is really interesting. So I actually am not a huge fan of building your business through social media. I think it's a short-term thing as we're watching Twitter implode like in real time while we're recording this. Um, But- uh, we can see that they are actively promoting what they are doing. And you can see it in their social media. That's the best way for us to see it from across mm. the country is that they've got, you know, if they have 70 followers, they have 45 likes on a picture. You know, mm. like you see that ratio is really strong um, and they're doing that. Um, we also have a customer that. list. You can upload your customer list to Cast Iron. So when people are thinking about like, like who my customers are, like, and by the way, if you have a customer list and it's on a legal pad, take a picture of it, send it to us, we'll enter it for you. Like, but that like, like thinking about, um, about your as, as a business is the big difference. I wouldn't say that everybody's mm. stuff is the most gorgeous, most professional looking stuff. Cause there's a, a, a wide range, but by and mm. large, the talent is off the charts. The artistry is off the charts. The passion is off the charts for mm. just about everybody we see. Um, and when you see them leaning in, yes, like trying to do something versus waiting and saying, "Where do I get my orders from?" Like you gotta, you know, gotta op- get <laughs> yeah. Put some off. Op- you gotta get up in the morning and do something.
0: Yep, that's um, it. I w- that's right? right there. That that was mine. Okay, I'll stop. I thought- <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly, as I've worked with people in the past year, it's really, I and they tell me, oh, well, I just can't get customers. Oh, well, people won't pay. Oh, but bakers just don't make money. And I've realized at the heart of that is your own mindset and your own, what you believe, the story you tell yourself every day when you wake up, if you don't believe you can do it, you won't. And if you don't have that passion, if you're not leaning in, then- it's like you're not going to figure things out. And the way to figure it out is to take steps forward and, and do that work and just figure it out as you go. Treat it like a science experiment, like you're yeah. testing hypotheses and learning and growing as you go along. And
1: the, the, ooh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, but oh, no, go idea. ahead. So another thing that we see that people are like people with higher prices do better. And it's not just because they have higher price. It's not just because they have higher prices because obviously you sell a $70 dozen of co- cookies or a $500 cake versus a $200 cake. Like the math, it's not just the math, but like having higher prices often correlates with understanding and knowing who your customer is.
0: Absolutely.
1: So if you are like, look, we're all running a business. Like I, I'm, I, I have friends who are running really big software businesses selling to fortune 500 and like they love what I'm doing and they don't quite understand how the CEO of the business that I'm talking to right now is every bit as smart and dealing with the same exact challenges as the CEO of a fortune 500 company. (laughs) It's actually the same thing. And I now can see that having sold to and worked at both is okay. I, like I can sell a thousand cookies for a dollar or I can sell one cookie for a thousand dollars, (laughs) right? Like it's easier, you know, like, which is like really harder to do. Right. right? If you think about it. And so, and so, you know, when I see somebody come in and they've got, you know, they don't have 50 products in their store, they Mm. have 10. Mm. And those 10 are priced like small, medium, large, or like basic, advanced and all the way or something and has given people like a clear understanding and way to buy. It's not a litany of every single flavor and every single thing. It's just, yeah. This is what I do. This is how I price it. This is how it makes sense. And if this doesn't work for you, I'm not your guy.
0: Mm. Yeah. Right.
1: And, and then, yeah. And that, that is really telling when we see that come in.
0: I love it. Cause I, I think on the other end with the customer, when there's a high price, price sends a message whether it's high medium or low the customer in the back of their brain their brain is doing doing this it's has schemas it relates things and when they see low price there's a part of them that's like oh cool low price but there's also a part of them that's like low value low quality not maybe what i want and having a high price really does speak to your customers and helps connect that idea of value and I had a thought that I definitely wanted to share and it just ran away from me. But um, let me think, let me see if it comes back to me and I'll just edit this part back. Okay. (laughs) Um, Because we were talking about how, oh, okay. It came back to me. (laughs) So I feel like bakers, when they're starting up, there is this, there is this idea that quantity over quality that if I sell everything, that's how I'm going to win because I'm going to sell everything. It's going to attract everyone. And that's how I'm going to make the money I need by mass producing everything. And there's also this kind of funness of like, oh, I want to try everything. And I think that's okay when you're starting up. It's okay to play and it's okay to learn. And in the entrepreneurship space, there's a phrase called nail it and then scale it. Right? Mm -hmm. And as you're like, you're testing, you're validating, you're in that little startup phase. And so it's okay to play and it's okay to figure things out. But there is a point where you kind of start to hit it on the, on the head. And you're starting to really figure out why your customers are coming to you, what you actually enjoy making, what's actually driving your business. And then everything else you start to like just kind of chop through it and, and really streamline and focus. Like you said, you've got, you definitely have this clear vision of what it is you're making and who it is you're serving. And that really, that just makes it all unfold.
1: You're so good. Um, So this is literally like million dollar advice that um, (laughs) venture capitalists and all the tech bloggers and everything we talk about, it's actually, so what we talk about is build it, nail it, scale it. Mm-hmm. and in our business and the nail it is about when you exactly what you said I'll edit it a little bit how we think about it mm-hmm. um is yes you figure out who your best customers are right and you understand mm-hmm. like okay this there's a there's a business to be made here by selling cakes that started a thousand dollars or whatever the sort of like customer base that you're leaning in on and then the nail it part also means how do I do it repeatably Hmm. again and again predictably if I do x y will happen (laughs) and projectable so next year if I do a b and c then I know this will happen yes and so that math of nailing it is like everything in finding the right it's like it's a math equation that you can then Yes. Repeat, repeat,
0: repeat, repeat and grow in scale. It's so it's I always tell people don't just throw buttercream at the wall and hope it sticks. Like <laughs> you can actually like write it down you can project it you can plan it you can take control of it you don't just have to let your business run you you can run it and tell it where to go and take control of it like you are the boss if there's anything you don't like about your business if it's not doing what you want it to guess who's in charge it's you and you get to change and do what makes it better and what takes it where it needs to be and you can really like literally like you said it's a math equation like the math is there You can say, all right, I need to sell X, Y, and Z this many at this price if I want to make this much, if I want to make this goal, if I want to get here. And you can figure all that out.
1: Well, this was the first business that I had um, as a teenager. My brother and I had a driveway sealing business. So to, you know, dump those buckets of tar on people's driveway and push it around with the broom. Oh, my gosh. And we didn't know this at the time, but we, I mean, like now I look back and understand what we're doing. But we used to figure out how many doors we had to knock on. Mm to get a free estimate to turn into a deal that mm-hmm. we actually would do to a driveway would close. And then we figured out price, some some crazy pricing model. And it, <laughs> then we backed into how many driveways we would need to do so that we could go to college and mm. like and buy our pizza and our beer and like, you know, not have to ask <laughs> our parents for money. And we had it like, okay, we got to go knock on 17 doors today to get, you know, one or two driveways or whatever it is. Nice. And it's like the same thing running a software company. It's the same thing. It's
0: the same. It doesn't even matter. It's I feel like, I feel like when you get into those bigger software companies or bigger entrepreneurship, startups, whatever, you get all this fancy jargon and which is what like repels people. They're like, oh, I don't understand. like Um unique value proposition or asset distribution, all of these crazy words that get tossed around. Yeah. And so I love that. I feel like what we do in our space, you guys with Cast and me as a coach, it's like, we're simplifying it down. We're like, same ideas, but let's just call it something. Like, let's just simplify this and yeah. translate it and make it attainable for these people, these bakers and food entrepreneurs.
1: Yeah. Amen. And if, and if, I mean, I'm just so, I get so energized and love talking to people because there's the assumption that, like, just because you're, even if you're a home based baker, even if you're doing this as a side hustle, even if, guess what? There's no even if. Let's no. do this. And you're really smart and really talented. And, like, so, it's, and, and I actually do think this is, sorry, my dog needs to go out. Um, I actually <laughs> do think that the world, and the economy has not been kind to people who need to be entrepreneurs as opposed to people who mm. choose to be entrepreneurs. Mm. So I think it's a very uneasy, uneven playing field. And I think um, our customers and the people you coach um, don't necessarily broadly have access to an easy button and the social capital, if not actual capital, to, and freedom to be an mm. entrepreneur. And yeah. that's a huge problem.
0: So, and it's one we're going to fix. <laughs> that's Amen. why we're here.
1: <laughs> Amen, sister. Let's do it.
0: Well, Mark, this has been an amazing conversation. And I want everyone listening to know how they can connect with you and your team and with Cast Darren because if you didn't catch it during the episode, it's totally free to have them help you build your shop and start yeah. your baking business, having an online presence and making that, that ease and that professional ha- professionalism happen. So what if if you could tell them step number one, what do they need to do now that they've heard you?
1: Step number one, go to castiron.me.me, C-A-S-T-I-R-O-N.me, dot M-E, C-A-S-T-I-R-O-N, dot M-E, sign up and and build a shop. It is risk-free. Uh, our starter plan is, um, no money down, no return <laughs> payment. It is no credit card needed. It's just, we make money when you do. So yep. if you don't ever sell anything, we don't ever take a dime. So mm-hmm. we want to be in partnership with you to make that happen. Nice. Give it so a shot. will you and say then... that
0: one more time? Castiron.me, dot... Dot me,
1: me. castiron.me. Castiron castiron dot okay. Dot me.
0: Yeah. So go there and start a shop. I am going to be starting my own shop with Castiron because I keep telling my audience, I just moved. And I'm starting over. And so some of them have caught on to that story. And some of them have been like, wait, what? You moved? I'm like, yeah, I'm in a totally new city. And I could still keep, you know, reaching out to my other market. But it's just far away. And so I'm, I'm starting from scratch. I'm experimenting. And I'm really excited. I'm going to start this new business with Cast Iron. And, you know, really get things automated and fine-tune it like I never have before. So I'm right there with you guys. It's going to be really fun as we just level up in our businesses. It's going to be awesome.
1: Let's go. Let's do it. Happy to be a part of it.
0: Mark, thank you so much.
1: You bet, Brad. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you real soon.